There are two ways. One is the way of life. The other is the way of death. And there is a great difference between these two ways. So begins the Didache, one of the first Christian treatises to be written after the books of the New Testament. Didache means teaching or training. Its full title is The Lord's Teaching to the Nations Through the Twelve Apostles. It was among the earliest writings used in training new disciples. Some scholars date it back to the period around 70 AD, within the lifetimes of some of the Twelve. The fact that the Lord Jesus did teach that there are two ways is clear from this morning's Gospel. On the one hand, he speaks of entering into life, or entering into the kingdom of God. On the other, he speaks of going into Gehenna, into the unquenchable fire. The two ways would have been familiar to his Jewish audience, since he is drawing on an image that goes back to the book of Deuteronomy. In Deuteronomy chapter 30, Moses says to the children of Israel, See, I have today set before you life and good, death and evil, the blessing and the curse. Deuteronomy takes place on the cusp of Israel's entrance into the Promised Land. Forty years before, Moses led the exodus of the twelve tribes from Egypt. During their journey through the wilderness, God revealed himself to his chosen people through many signs and wonders. On Mount Sinai, he made a covenant with Israel, and he bestowed upon them the law, which shows Israel the way of life. But now they stand on the border of the land God has promised as their inheritance. Ahead of them lies the final and most difficult stage of their journey, culminating in a series of battles against the peoples of the land. There is a very real possibility that they may not reach their destination, or, even if they do, that they may betray God's covenant. Moses illustrates this possibility through the image of the two ways. There is, on the one hand, the way of life God has revealed on Sinai, walking in his commandments, not turning aside either to the right or to the left. But there is also the way of death, refusing to obey his commandments, being led astray and bowing down to other gods. The destination of this way, he says, is defeat in battle, famine and disease, and ultimately exile from the land. Between these two ways that Moses describes, there is indeed a great difference. Today's gospel likewise takes place on the cusp of an entrance, and this is the apostles' entrance into the holy city of Jerusalem. Jesus, who is the new Moses, has led the twelve representatives of the new Israel on a new exodus from their former way of life. Their journey has crisscrossed Judea and Galilee. Two Sundays ago, they stopped at Caesarea Philippi, a village in the northern part of the land. Since that time, they have been journeying back south through Galilee towards Judea. Over the course of this new exodus, the Son of God has revealed himself through many signs and wonders. On the new Mount Sinai, the Mount of the Beatitudes, 
he declared that he had come not to abolish the law but to fulfill it. The implication of this is gradually becoming clear. Jesus himself is the divine law incarnate. Jesus himself is the way of life. At the Last Supper, he will say it openly, I am the way, I am the life. But this Sunday, he is resting with the Twelve in a house at Capernaum, about 100 miles north of Jerusalem. Ahead lies the final and most difficult stage of their journey. Jesus has already begun to prophesy that he must suffer greatly, be rejected, and killed. Even if the apostles continue following him all the way to Jerusalem, they may not arrive at their destination. The apostles do not yet understand this. Recalling the Israelites in Deuteronomy, they still think their destination is a place located on a map, a place which Jesus will lead them to conquer. We saw one indication of this misunderstanding last Sunday when Jesus caught the twelve discussing among themselves who was the greatest. Conquest always brings opportunities for power, honor, and wealth. As they approach Jerusalem, each of the apostles has been taking the measure of the others and jockeying for position in an imagined victory parade. It is this misunderstanding and this rivalry which today prompt Jesus to revisit Moses' teaching in Deuteronomy. He wishes to show that man's ultimate destination isn't a place at all, much less a place to be conquered. If they continue following the way of life, the Twelve will journey not towards a land or a city, but towards life itself, eternal life, the coming kingdom of God. But life isn't the only way or the only destination. Jesus has come not to abolish the two ways, but to fulfill them, to recenter them on his own person. One leads toward him, the other away. The difference between them is much greater than Moses taught because it is eternal. So what are we to take from this? After all, most of those who attend Sunday Mass at a monastery are already journeying on the way of life, or at least seeking it. Why do we need to be warned against the way of death? We can see our need more clearly by examining the Apostles' need. The danger is not that they will intentionally forsake the way of life, but that they will unintentionally cause one another to stumble. The Greek word here is skandalizo. Skandalizo means to cause someone to stumble, to bring him to his downfall. It occurs four times in today's gospel. Our lectionary translation renders it as to cause someone to sin, and this accurately conveys the implications of Jesus' warnings. But the Greek text literally says, whoever causes one of these little ones to stumble, if your hand or foot or eye causes you to stumble. Jesus is speaking to men on a journey. Only those already walking are in danger of stumbling. And as the, the apostles prepare to enter Jerusalem, it is not the people or things they have left behind that obstruct their path. Instead, the most dangerous stumbling blocks arise from their rivalries with one another. Am I greater than my brothers? 
How does my intelligence measure up to theirs, my skills, my virtues, my place among the other apostles, my popularity with the crowds? I must find some advantage over them, because the spoils of conquest will be limited. It is here, amidst thoughts like these, that the way of death first begins to take shape. Like the apostles, we turn away from Jesus and toward ourselves. Like them, we lose sight of our shared purpose and our common destination and begin to compare and to compete. Our hands and feet and eyes cause us to stumble. And in stumbling, we cause others to stumble as well. When this happens, and it happens to all of us, do we repent and strive to rejoin our brothers, or do we hang back out of shame, sloth, or sadness? Or, worse yet, do we strike off on our own, full of anger and self-justification? Today we too stand on the cusp of an entrance. In a few weeks we will enter a new liturgical year. Today, Jesus sits down in our midst and, calling us together, begins to teach us like Moses did the Israelites. If we are hanging back or striking off on our own, he wants to guide us back to our brothers. But more than this, he wants to save us from ever causing ourselves or others to stumble. In this Eucharist, let us ask him to help us cut off and pluck out all the thoughts which tempt us to rivalry with our brothers and sisters. Only then will we come to experience the truth of what the Didache taught. There is a great difference between these two ways.